and I'm Anton. Enjoy your morning! Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I ride, the fountain I drink from, oh, is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, is my song. Let the King shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, is my song, cause you are good, you're good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh. Oh, 
the rising sun to the hopeful future and the dreams to come and when seasons change I won't give up cause you've never failed me Boys and girls, I've been missing you so much and there's somebody else here today who's also missed you so much. Let's see who it is. Oh, hello. Hello, boys and girls. Hello, Kajo. Oh, it's so nice to see Kajo. Who's missed him? He's missed you so much. So, Kajo, what have you been doing this week? he's been to the beach oh that is so much fun that's so cool that you got to go to the beach was it nice weather at the beach no oh dear what kind of weather was it he said it was stormy oh dear that's not very good beach weather at all stormy weather isn't such nice weather but were you safe Kaho, or did you stay in the rain Oh, Kaho. He said he was very scared because he was caught in the storm. Do you know what a storm is? Because scientifically speaking, a storm is any serious disturbance in the Earth's atmosphere. 
So that means everything around us changes. So it might be the sky that changes into a different color, or we might hear different sounds that we're used to hearing. We might hear some wind, some loud winds. Or it might rain and pour. And there are lots of different types of storms. You can get a storm of wind, a hailstorm, a snowstorm, and even a dust storm. But the most common storms are thunderstorms. And these storms have dark clouds and heavy rain and lightning and thunder and strong winds. Let's see if you know what one sounds like. Let's open our ears and let's listen if you can tell me if this is a thunderstorm. that thunder. Sometimes it can be very very loud and scary but don't worry Kajo, I'm right here. We can just wrap ourselves up. We don't need to be scared of the storm. Thunderstorms happen when hot moist air rises up 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 to meet cooler air and as the warm air cools clouds and rain and lightning form. Meanwhile, the cooler air sinks towards the ground, creating strong winds. And boys and girls, did you know that about 1,800 thunderstorms happen across our planet every single day? That's a lot of storms. And those aren't even all the other storms, like the snowstorms or the dust storms. Those are just the big thunderstorms where it rains and rains and rains and they're usually very very scary and sometimes we'll feel a little bit scared that we want to hide away and sometimes we'll need a big 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 hug if we're feeling a little bit frightened so luckily I've got my blanket here and I can wrap it around both Kajo and myself and we can wrap it and we can be nice and warm and we don't need to be too scared but what happens if the thunderstorm gets louder and louder? <gasps> then maybe we can ask somebody who isn't so scared of thunderstorms. Who do you think is not scared of thunderstorms? We know that God makes all the rules for the rains and the thunderstorms. And we also know that his son Jesus knows a lot about storms. He once walked through a storm at sea, right on top of those angry waves. And if you look in that picture, look at the waves over there. Are they big or small? What do you think, Kajo? Yeah, they're small. They're tiny, tiny, tiny waves. They're not big waves, but Jesus, he walked right on top of big, angry waves. And they didn't even slow him down. Another time, he slept through an entire storm, at least until his disciples woke him up. Can you imagine that? When there's a big, loud thunderstorm, do you think you'll sleep if you're outside? Jesus did. And when those disciples woke him up, he told that storm to hush, shh, 
and be still. Isn't that amazing, Kaho? So Jesus knows a thing or two about storms. And he wasn't scared of them at all because he knows that God the Father is in charge of the rain and the thunderstorms. And he's in charge of all the other storms too. And do you know that there are other kinds of storms besides the ones that change the physical atmosphere around us? Sometimes we are going to have friend storms or family storms or maybe even a faith storm. And even these types of storms can be very, very scary. But do you know what Jesus says to us? He says that he will walk with us through every single one of these storms. That he will always be with us. And all we have to do is ask him for help. And he'll be with you from the first glimpse of the storm clouds up until the sun comes out again. Like in that picture over there. So we don't have to worry. We can just put our arms around each other and give us give each other a big hug. Or if you don't have anyone next to you, you can just give yourself a big, big hug. And know that Jesus loves you so, so much. And whatever storm you're facing now, he's right there with you. So everybody, you can grab a teddy or grab your brother or sister or somebody close to you. And give them a big, big hug. And let's ask God to help us through all of our storms. Dear Lord, when the storms come, whether they are in the skies, or in the people around me, or in my heart, please help me to remember that you are with me, and that you are bigger than all and any storm. Amen. Sending lots and lots of love from me, Sammy, and from Kaho. Bye-bye, everybody. Mwah! Good morning, Bay City Church. It's great to be with you all again today. To all our women, we wish you a happy Women's Day. And uh, do we want you just to know that you are seen and you are heard. And we praise God for you. Uh, thank you, the Rock Hills and the Ingrams, for the great worship this morning. Matt, Nathan, and Tracy, thanks, guys. And thank you, Sammy, for that great kids story. Um, and we're all just doing our best here to just keep in, engaged, to keep encouraging each other. And so I want to continue this morning with our journey with Joshua. Last week, we just took a pause and we celebrated the greatest memorial, you know, and the power of what our King Jesus has done for us. But we're going to continue today in Joshua 5. And I'm going to just walk through this chapter as we talk through certain things, because I really, I really feel and I'm feeling the stirring inside of me that the, this past season and then all that we've walked through, there's, a, there's this shift starting to take place as our hearts being aligned and our hearts are awakening to all that God is doing in this time and this season. And I really want to say to us that you actually have to make a conscious decision about, okay, right, God's doing something. We're stepping into it and we're walking into all that he's doing now. And it's, it's like with fasting. You can say, hey, I'm going to fast. But until you actually do something about it and cut out certain things and uh, purposely set your mind towards wanting to do it, nothing happens. It's the same as staring at an egg. I can stare at an egg for as long as I want to. It's not going to boil. and It's not going to cook. I have to turn on the heat. I have to place it in the water. I have to watch it boil. I've got to unpeel the shell. And then I can take part of the thing that is um, cooked and worked there. But there's a conscious decision that we are needing to make. Of what God is doing and I'm just preparing us because this is what is happening over this next part of season we've had these last four months 
We've all survived. We've all coped in many different ways. All of us have had different circumstances playing into us and around us. But there's a, there's a calling now for all that's taken place. We've got to walk into what God is doing. And there's the conscious shift that's got to take place. And I saw this great clip that I actually put onto our Facebook page this week. A lady called Nino Roots, who is um, part of the company of prophets with us. And, um, you know, the daily words they're sending out. And, and she, she was just explaining on that how, you know, through this period and the lockdown, that the way she prayed, the way she read the Bible, the way she worshipped, it didn't seem to work anymore. And I truly have experienced that. I'm sure many of you have that. It just feels stale. It doesn't feel the same. It just feels, ah, I don't know, it's different. She was like, God, what is happening? What's going on? And the Lord said to her, your appetite has changed. And she's like, my appetite has changed. And the reality, she gave the explanation of before she had her, her first child that was born to her, she loved coffee. She would drink, she said, maybe nearly 15 cups of coffee a day. But after she had her baby, she never, she'd never drank coffee again. And she had no appetite for coffee. Her appetite had changed. And I think what's happening and what is happening to us here now in this season the, the, the change of what God, the appetite for the spiritual, the appetite for God, the hunger to live for him and to serve him. There's a shift and a change that has taken place. And we've got to go with that. We so want to hold on to the old and try. No, this worked. We've got to go with what God is doing. And I really feel this passage today is going to help us just to understand that because it's it's not OK. Great. Now, this week we, we shifted the new. It's a process of birthing something. And that takes time to kind of walk through this as we birth the new and we've all been hearing that a lot and we've said it a lot here about the new era the church is birthing and walking into in this time and season so we when we look at the book of joshua it's really blessed us because the things that we've we've kind of taken out this book have been very pertinent for us in this time the whole crossing over and you know moving into a new area that god has got for us the presence being the thing that is constantly in front of us leading us and guiding us we have learned to leave the past behind us and all the, the, the years of slavery and stuff that was from Egypt and the wandering in the desert. We leave the past behind. And then, the, like I spoke two weeks ago about creating these memorials, these remembrances of what God has done for us so that we can tell our children about the good things that God has done. So I just want to walk us through chapter five today. And I'm going to read most of this chapter as we walk through most of the, um, uh, the chapter here. So let's start at uh, verse 1. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. Wow, when the Lord goes ahead of us and people hear of the wonders and the good that our God has done, the hearts of those people that are not for God, and I love that line, it says the spirit, and, that, and, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. Their hearts melted. And I, if we understand this 2020, we said it's a year of clarity, a year of vision, of seeing afresh how much is being exposed around our world today from people groups to governments to cabals to syndicates of people that are things that are being exposed around the world today and what happens when 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 those that are not living for god 
And God does mighty acts and mighty works for his people that will rise as one. And righteousness is the thing that goes forth as we stand together with that. The hearts of the wicked melt because they know it's the timing of their time is up. Their time is up because God is coming forth. And we're in a season like that now. A time like that now where this is moving. The church is gathering. And there's a move that God is doing in this time of season. The hearts of the people melted. We're in, this, in these times. And the wicked are aware. Their time is up. Let's continue reading. And at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath, Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not yet been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came up out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land and that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to, to give to us a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And when the circumcision of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And if we understand the symbolic uh, of what circumcision is speaking about, it was a marking of the people and just the men in those days, the marking of this generation. The generation that had been born had come through, hadn't been marked by what God has said. And the circumcision was a mark of covenant with God and his people. This set them apart from all the other nations and called them the people that they were of God. And this is what God was doing, setting them apart for a purpose, the times of preparation and, and that he was leading to. Now, and now think about our times now, the late 60s to the early 70s, which is 50 years ago, there was a marked generation that set something in course. They walked into this new move of the charismatic move that we're a part of, that we're in, and God did this move. But now many of those forefathers have come, haven't died off necessarily because of disobedience. They have um, walked ahead and set a stage for us now as the next generation to stand on. And the key for that came out of that section of passage from me today is that those that have gone before us were marked, and yes, they've set an order for us, and it's not that they're losing out, but the generation that are coming forth now, we need to be marked by the living God. We need to understand this time, and they didn't see the promise because of disobedience, and and we and, and as I said now, regards the circumcision, we understand what that is, is because Romans 2, where Paul speaks about, he says, circumcision is a matter of the heart, Okay, by the spirit, not the letter. What he's meaning, it's a heart towards God not the, and, and the spirit, not the traditions that we're kind of laying on and holding on to. And I, and I really want to speak to a younger generation in this little gap here. In that it's time for us to arise and hold on to what has been set before us and the foundation that has been given to us to kind of walk into. And we need to be so aware right now. That we do not allow the thinking and the patterns of this worldly thinking to set how the order for us is going forward and how we would understand. And not allow the world to steal 
the effects of the, the moving and the forward of the kingdom of God in this town. And, you know, we are Martin talking to him on Thursday night with this thing we've done going live. Um, yeah, not another church is called. But the whole idea I was saying is that I grew up in the power of an era of the glorious church. The church kind of found impetus again. There was freedom. There was life by the things of the spirit. But it brought in an era of understanding kingdom. And walking into this kingdom that we're now a part of. That our ambassadors, we're ambassadors for the kingdom. Our citizenship is not on this earth. And there's an arising of each generation sets a course for us. And we continue together in what God is doing and what he's leading us into. And I, I just want to say to, to young, I don't know the age gap. You can say from 40 under, 35 under, I don't know. You know whether you're younger. I've got a lot of gray hair, so I might not be considered young. But I'm a generation that has come forth. And are walking into what my dad's generation have said for me to run in. And I want to believe that my children will run into what God has called for us. I want to just say to this generation, might be labeled as millennials. But I just don't think the labels help. Because it puts a mark on you of like what the world thinks about you. What's the mark of what God is saying about this generation? And I and I just want to charge you today and just say that, you know, we can't fall into the way of thinking of this world by everything about being politically correct and, and falling into that trap of the way of thinking that we need to, you know, ensure we honor everybody and we, you know, hear voices like we, that's all plain and clear. That's obvious. And that, but we fall into a pattern and a way of thinking that, that, that is not actually from the kingdom of God that God has set in place. And I really, my heart is that the generation coming forth, that you will have encounters with God. You will have dreams. You will have visions. You will know the Almighty speaking to you. And these encounters that mark you for all that he's wanting to do for the kingdom in this time of season. I just want to say don't shrink back. Don't fall back because of the season and time that we're in. And wondering whether you have a voice and a place and a time. And I want to say your voice and the authority that you have is not in your truth. Okay, meaning your truth, the example that I give you, my truth to me could well be that Manchester United are the best football team in the world. Now, many of you are going, yay, and many of you are going, you don't even watch football in this example. Okay, Nathan, who did worship today, his truth is that the Sharks are the best rugby team in the world. That's his truth. Okay, my truth. Yeah, Man United are the best. That's just our opinion, okay? The, the understanding of going forward is that your truth is not going to be the thing that's going to give you authority. It's the truth. And the truth is marked by your life knowing and understanding the Savior Jesus Christ and being marked by an encounter that you have with Him that sets you forth and marks you for what God has got in store for us. Here's a quote I saw this week by a guy called E.W. Kenyon, who, who passed away in 1949 and was from way previous generations. But this is what he says. Take the supernatural out of Christianity and its flavor is gone. The element that makes it attractive to youth is eliminated. The God of miracles is the God of the human. And when you eliminate the miraculous, you take away the attractive element of Christianity. And that line, he says, the attractive, um, it, it makes it attractive to youth is eliminated by taking away the supernatural. We, we are at a time and era where there's a choice to be made here. That we, 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 we are so strong about our opinions and our truths, but it is not with the authority of the supernatural. 
and the power that God has marked us to speak with truth that essentially what is to come of that? That people will be saved and added into a kingdom that they can make a difference and a change in. That's what we're doing in our community. We are motivated to see a community served by the, the love of his people, to see people's lives being transformed by providing and by helping and serving in many different ways. That's the point of it. But it's backed by the power of the supernatural that brings change into people's hearts and lives. And I really want to speak to that generation that you are in, that you encounter the living God. And we learn to live by the values and the culture of the kingdom. We don't live by morals. We don't live by, you know, those standards of the world. We have a value system of the kingdom and the culture of the kingdom they set in place. So when you look at the generations, Abraham encountered God. Isaac encountered God. Jacob encountered God. And that led to us seeing Moses encountered God. Joshua encountered God. Each generation had an encounter with the living God that set them on course to be a voice for their generation. And if you want to be a voice for the generation, I want to, I want to say to you today, don't be conned by 400 likes and 20 shares of a Facebook post that you have now thinking you have a voice. Don't be conned by worldly systems that say now you have a voice because people are listening to me on social media. No, is the Almighty listening to you? Are you known by the Almighty? Does He know you? Does He see you as a channel He can walk through and live through and see the power of His love being brought into a community, brought into the city, brought into this nation? It's an encounter of the living God. And I trust that in this time where we are separated, that you have encounters with God, you have dreams, you have visions. He speaks to you. He captures your heart for you to live for Him. And each encounter for each generation is unique. But it all calls for this is holy ground you're standing on. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. God is calling you to, he's wooing you to him, to be with him. And that's very powerful. I want us to understand that today. This is part of the, the power of what's required in this time and the season. The power of the supernatural thinking, living and being and not just worldly opinions. Let's continue. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place was called Gilgal to this day. See, the reproach, all shame, all disgrace, all scorn has been washed away, has been taken away from you. And, and that's very powerful because as a nation, as a, as a generation that had walked through different things, they had baggage from the past. They carried this burden of slavery. They carried this wandering of 40 years in the desert in, in a way aimlessly of like, and now what? And what do we do? God removed the reproach of Egypt from them. That time when they were bound, they were really kind of pressed down and, and stuck into the things of slavery. And the power you see is that by God removing this from, he's removing the slavery mentality, mentality the shame that you've lived under, the scorn you've experienced, the disgrace that you felt. And the beauty for us now under this new covenant that we all live under, the power of the blood enables that all shame, disgrace, fear, all those things be removed from us as we walk into what God has done. So we now do not carry from the past into our new world, into our new lives that we live for the king. Nothing, nothing from the past comes forward and that with us because the power of his blood sets in order so spiritually we are set right with God emotionally and all the journeys that we go through set us in order and help us to live according to what he's called us to do 
And each generation has a responsibility, but we're all called to be into this new covenant. Each generation has done things, but we are a one, one covenant, and a, which includes all generations. Okay, And the reality, each of us have faced the biggest thing that I've said, ourselves. You faced yourself over these last few months. You faced difficult circumstances. We faced death. We faced job loss. We faced um, crises in many different ways. But the Lord, what he's doing is preparing us and moving us into this new season and time and era where we are birthing what he's wanting us to, to do and to walk into. He's going to all that stuff will be washed and be, the reproach of the past is taken off of us as we walk into the news, breaking off of us as we arise and walk in what, into all that God is doing for us. So then they're at this place, they're camping and they have their first Passover in Canaan. And it says here, while the people of Israel were encamped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And here's the shift in the new normal that we're going to be walking into and that God is saying for us and preparing us as we shift and walk into us. As I said, the new normal is there are many forms of the old, but it's coming with a very different mentality, uh, mindset, heart towards something that God that might look the same, but it's totally different in what he's doing. So yes, here's an understanding of what's happened in that passage there now is that the manna ceased. And they produced the land, produced food on the land that they were now living in and walking in. So there's the, the basic foundation of food. The, 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 the produce of food was initially from God that was provided to them. But now they were needing to till the land, sow the seeds and provide. So essentially the basic foundation of food was still being provided, but it was being done in a very different way. So God had provided for them in the past. It wasn't now that he was disowning them and saying he was teaching them something new by walking in faith, by sowing the seeds of faith into the ground. Because the reality is they can sow the seed, they can water it, but who makes it grow? It's only the Lord that makes it grow through what he's created. So it's still the same process. God's involved, but we're being asked to do it a little bit differently as it produces for us. And I think it's a great analogy of what's required of us in this season. We've done things in the past, we've, the way we've worshipped, the way we've read the word, the way we've prayed. But God is asking us of us. He's protected us and he's been with us over this time. But he's asking of us and it's going to look different. But it's still going to produce the same thing. And it's going to produce what God is doing for us. That's where the shift comes. And I think he's asking of us. He's asking of us, step up. Step up. It's a time and season for us to start sowing fresh hope. Sowing fresh faith. Sowing fresh love into the soil of our hearts, into the soil of our spheres of influence and the areas where we're at. And there's different ways that God has provided for us, but we're walking into the new and he's asking us to do it differently, but he's yet he was still going to provide and it's going to be done in a greater way. And that's what he's asking of us. And uh, as the, 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 the disgrace of the, of the past is washed away and taken away from us, we walk into what he's got for us with new provision, new ways that God is doing for us. You see, this, the shift is very subtle, but it requires something of the people. And this is where we're stepping up. It's going to require something of us in this season. We can't just sit back and, oh, well, there the manna falls again. Thanks, God. 
and we, we, we rest on our laurels in a way and we become kind of just, you know, aware that it's going to happen. He's requiring us to step up now. And this is what we're walking into. It's not same old, same old. It's, the, it's still the church, but as he's, he's requiring something fresh of us in the season to walk into this as we sow fresh faith, fresh love, fresh hope into what he's going to watch what God will form and grow in this time as we walk into it. And the last part of this chapter, it says, And the, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his sword, a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does the Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Your standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And we've, we've heard and we've listened to this. The voice of the world is saying, Are you for us or against us? And our answer is, No. We're for the Lord. We're for the Lord's army. The question is, Who are you for? Who are you for in this time? And we need to know we are for the Lord, we live for him and his army and his people, his bride, his people, his family that we stand together for. So I'm, I've really been feeling the stirring that there's this, there's this tipping point in a way of a shifting of us walking into what God has got in store for us. It needs to be a conscious decision for us. And remember what you said right in the very beginning, the season of time we're walking into now is a separation for preparation. God has been doing stuff in your heart and life as you've kept aligning yourself with him, pressing into him, allowing to mold and to shape us. Caleb gave the great analogy of an onion just being unpeeled and unlayered and all these things we're having to deal with in our hearts. Everyone I've spoken to has had to face this. You can't hide it. You, every one of us have faced ourselves, but it's been preparation for what God's got in store because there's no way he's getting us over ourselves. All our little requirements and needs and all the things that happen that we fully have to learn to rely on him. That's what he's been doing in the season. There's a stirring inside that there's something bubbling. There's something brewing that God is leading us into as we walk into it. And it might feel like things are the same. It just, well, what has changed? I don't know. I can't see the change. It's when we walk into the new and we take a, embrace those things that God has laid for us as our lives keep walking on. We find some kind of new normal. You watch, you'll notice the difference like, Wow, things are changed. Things are different. And you only see those as you keep walking on as God's, God's, God's got for you. And we set these rhythms in place for us. So I want to I charge you today as we finish up here. I want to charge you to open your heart to the things of God. Open your heart to him. Don't, don't close it. Don't resist the Lord in this time. It's been difficult for us, but allow him just to work in you. Allow his, his word to just wash over you. Allow his presence just to comfort you and counsel you in these times. Allow him, open your heart to him, be vulnerable. Take the walls down, just trust in him that he is for you and with you. And live for God. Live for the Almighty. Be marked by his presence. Be marked by an encounter that you have with him. Don't resist, don't don't. Rest and fall back and say, ah, oh, well, you know, God's going to, he's looking for people to arise, to stand firm on his truths. We've been tested in this season, but stand firm on the truth. Live for him. Separate yourself for him. Honor him with your life as you serve the kingdom of God. And remember, 
all this preparation we're going through, all this preparation we're walking through is because of the battles we've got to face that we're coming up to. There are going to be battles that are going to come up ahead for us. It's not going to be, there's no plain sailing here. Where there's battles we're going to have to face. And what's the next stage in Joshua? The walls of Jericho had to come down. What was required of them? Obedience to what God had called them to do, to walk around the city. There's battles we're going to face in this time and the season as the church is arising. But we're going, to, we're going to come up against things because there's an enemy. There's an enemy who hates us. And we don't want to give him the territory and the, the marking on our lives because of us being disobedient to the things of God. We've got many things to stand together to believe for as we, 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 uh, we process and we walk through to see God work and do great things in this time. Because we are a, we're a good people about a good thing. And we've got a good God who wants to do great stuff through his people. So let's believe for that. So I just want to pray over you today. I want to pray over a younger generation that you encounter the living God, that you experience him. Father, we want to honor you today. We want to thank you for the life that we have in you. We want to thank you that this whole time and the season, you've not been caught by surprise. You've not been taken off guard by all that's been happening around the world. You've allowed these things to take place so that a people can be prepared and ready for the time of the taking of Jericho, the bringing down of the walls, the setting forth of a nation, your people to walk forward and to take ground and land for you and your kingdom. I speak to the younger generation. I speak to your hearts today that you would encounter the living God, that as you sleep, you would dream of things. You would awaken something in you. You wouldn't be... Um, and persuaded by the things and the voices and the opinions of media and the world today and social media, you would find the truth in the living God, the truth of Jesus Christ manifesting himself to you. So, Father, we just honor you. We thank you that you are for us, that you're with us in every way. And the word encourages us that if you are for us, who can be against us? And there's so many things seemingly against us, but we know you're for us. So we hold on to that truth. And I speak life over every heart. Every heart, just pause and know the goodness of our God to you today and in this time, in this era. Get ready. Prepare yourself. There's a shifting that's taking place as we are being called to arise and to stand firm in this time. So I speak that over you with love and we miss you and we will be together soon. I can feel that rising. So we bless you today in Jesus name. Bless you all. Goodbye.